you know, the main impulse of my messages every weekend is the prophetic. I would either get a prophetic word, I would get a prophetic dream, or someone will come and give me a prophetic word, or I'll get a pro- prophetic experience during the week, that, and that's how the majority of my messages actually come about. And as I was waiting upon the Lord for a word this weekend, I came across something Robert Henderson wrote in his uh, social media post, and he said, we are in a season, watch this, we're in a season for an impartation of mantles. Now, when I read that, boom, I felt the prophetic thing just started stirring in me, and I knew this is the word. Now, we all understand what a season is, a season, and why it is important that we don't miss the seasons that God has for us and what God is doing, because if we miss it, man, it's gone, all right? It's like the train has left the station. And it's important for us to be careful that we don't miss the hour of our visitation. So I want to speak today on the subject, mentals and mentors, because this is the season for our impartation and our faith for it, hallelujah. Now I want to begin with one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's the, uh, sort of a preamble of what I want to just share with you this morning on the account of Elijah passing his mantle to Elisha. Elijah, of course, was the premier prophet of Israel, no doubts about that. In Matthew 16, when Jesus popped the question to his disciples and asked, who do men say that I am? I want you to pay close attention to what the disciples said. Some said John the Baptist, some said Elijah, and some said Jeremiah. In other words, these three prophets were the people most associated with our Lord's ministry. And it's interesting that the first two names, John and Elijah, both shared the same mantle. Remember, John the Baptist came in the spirit and in the mantle of the prophet Elijah. Now, the whole point of this is the prophet in the Old Testament who most resembles our Lord Jesus Christ is the prophet Elijah. He's the Israel's hands-down principal prophet. There's something so great about this man that when Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration, the two representatives of the old covenant that stood before him was Moses and Elijah. Now Elijah stood shoulder to shoulder with what is the greatest man, considered the greatest man in the old covenant, Moses. And people saw very strong similarities between him and Jesus. And I think that that's the highest compliment that one, a prophet could ever have in the Bible. He was just like Jesus, come on. Now, here's the part of the story that uh, is important for us because you know, when God was looking for a mantle for a forerunner, He didn't choose the, the mantle that belonged to Daniel. He didn't choose Solomon's mantle. He didn't choose Nehemiah's mantle, Isaiah's mantle. He chose Elijah's mantle because there's something about Elijah's mantle that was a forerunner, a breakthrough anointing mantle. Amen. Now, Elijah is on Mount Horeb. He's angry, he's depressed. He's running away from a wicked woman called Jezebel who's out to kill him. And in his depression, in his frustration, he does something that no prophet should ever do. He starts to pray against his assignment. Derek Prince was the one who taught this. Elijah prays against the very assignment God gave him to pray for. In his anger, he pleaded with God against Israel. And this is recorded for us. I never saw it before. All these years, in Romans chapter 11 and verse 2. And uh, he, he pleaded and prayed against Israel. And God corrected him and said, Not of all of Israel has gone apostate. I have 7,000 that I reserved who've not bowed their knees to Baal. Now, if you understand anything about the prophetic ministry, you will understand that a prophet is first uh, intercessor before he is a prophet. 
If you don't know how to intercede and carry the burden and the pain of the people that you are sent to give the word, then don't give the word. A prophet intercessor is someone who's totally identified with the people that he's interceding for. But when a prophet is praying against the very assignment that he is called to be a blessing to, then the prophet is out of the will of God. The Lord gives his prophet, Elijah, another assignment. He says, there are three men I want you to anoint. I want you to go to Syria. There's a guy there, his name is called Hazel. Anoint him as king over the Syrian army, king over Syria. There's another guy called uh, Jehu. And I want you to anoint him as king over Israel. But you will go also to a place called Abel Mehola. And there you will find a guy. His name is Elisha. And I want you to anoint him because he's the prophet that's going to be a successor. So he goes over to Abel Mehola, finds the young man, takes his mantle, puts it on Elisha, touches him with the mantle, and Elisha is ruined. I tell you this once, you get touched by a mantle, you're wrecked for the rest of your life. And for the next seven years of his life, Elisha served as an apprentice to the prophet Elijah. Then came the time for Elijah to be taken up into heaven. And he asked Elisha, he said, what do you want? What can I do for you? Elijah says, what you have, I want twice. I want double. And we all know the story. Watch this, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't miss this. What started out as a touch ended up with Elisha receiving double what Elijah carried. The point is, being touched by a mantle is not the same thing as actually receiving the mantle. And many of you here have been touched by a mantle. You just don't know it yet. How many of you have read a book and you've cried over the book? You've had prophetic experiences. You have a profound experience as you were reading the book. You wept over the pages and something out of the deep of your soul just reached out and you say, God, what this man had, I want as well. God, touch me. And there was some kind of a divine connection. I tell you this, what you did not know was you were touched by a mantle. And you did not know it. You did not know it. And uh, how much you enter into a man's mantle is that your responsibility? Because receiving a mantle requires pursuit. Hallelujah. If you are half-hearted, passive, laid-back, lackadaisical, how in the world do you ever think God would entrust something so precious to you? I would like to take a few moments today to honor a few men in my life whose mantles have made a significant impact. And I'm gonna share this with you not so that you will understand what is our heritage, what is our inheritance? Because this is not about me. This is not about me. It's all about you. The people God has connected me with is for your sake. One of the greatest privileges in my life is that God has surrounded me with many prophets, godly men, mentors who have spoken into my life or currently are speaking to my life. And the two most important mentors in my life, I'm glad I don't have many mentors, hallelujah with whom I have been personally acquainted with is Brother Bailey and the evangelist Reinhard Bonking. I will forever be grateful to these two men for the way that they've challenged and changed my life, especially Brother Bailey. I would not be here today except for the fact that God connected me with this very great man and allowed me to serve him and I consider traveling with him, serving him as one of my life's greatest privileges. He was hands down the most important person in my life. But I'll come to Brother Bonke in a few moments. There were several other men whose books, writings, their lives made a huge influence 
in my life, and I will just name three. The first, of course, is Mr. Reese Howells, who is my inspiration for intercession and a total surrender. That guy went into depths of intercession I, I think that the church today have no idea about. The second man is a guy called Evan Roberts, who obviously was the torch bearer for the Great Wells Revival that impacted not just Wales, but many other nations. Evan Roberts is my inspiration for revival. And I caught something of the passion of that man's heart when I read all his books as a young man. And I said, God, whatever this man has, I want. The fire that was in this man, woo! He was a, he was a firebrand, he was a torch bearer. And I, I think I read everything there is to read about uh, Evan Roberts. And the third man is John G. Lake. John G. Lake is my role model for faith and healing. And these men mentored me through their writings, uh, through their lives. And I know, listen, I know that there is a spiritual connection. I want to focus on the ministry of John G. Lake for a few moments. Mr. Lake had a healing ministry unparalleled in the 20th century. And I think together with Smith Wigglesworth, these two men set the bar and standard for the ministry of healing for the church today. In January of 2019, uh, in my morning devotions, I had two very clear instructions from the Lord. Number one, I was to read the book of Isaiah because the Lord impressed upon me that the Isaiah held the keys to much of our inheritances. You know, I've had more promises given to me out of the book of Isaiah than any other book in the Bible. The second thing that I was to read was the life of John G. Lake. The Lord made it very clear. He said, I want you to read his life because he holds the key to the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially the gift of healing. So I left for my office about, at about 11 o'clock past the day and uh, called and asked if he could come and see me. Came to my office and he told me that he was awakened at 4.14 in the morning. And the Lord said, read Matthew 4.14. And it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the word of Isaiah the prophet. Now, he said, the, he felt the Lord speaking to him that the prophetic promises that God is going to give us are going to come from the book of Isaiah. Boom, wow, I got so excited, man. And then he said, I had a vision as well. And in the vision, I saw an AFM preacher, which is the Apostolic Faith Mission, saying to him in the vision that we must go back to our roots and mention John G. Lake. Woo! I tell you this, I almost fell off my chair, right? The two things God spoke to me in the morning, uh, Dian is now confirming uh, in my room just several hours later. And I think since then, I've read, nearly read nearly all of the books by John G. Lake and almost everything I have learned about healing or the healing ministry, I've gleaned from this amazing man. Two years later, Chris Berkland, who is a prophet to me, had a profound dream of me in Cornerstone. And in the dream, he met a man called Freeman Lake. Freeman Lake. And then he wrote to me, he says, Pastor, you uh, were that Freeman Lake. You're, that's your name that God gave to you in the Bible, Freeman Lake. Now, at the end of the service, don't come up to me and say, hey, Freeman. <laughs> Freeman because of the freedom that you're bringing to your people and Lake because of your connection with John G. Lake. I tell you this, Chris has absolutely no idea about what God had been speaking to me through this man and the impact that the man had made. Absolutely no idea. And this is what he said. Now watch this, please. He said, I believe this has to do with the inheritance you have. You are to believe God for more and more of the apostolic anointing he carried, listen, in healing and in apostolic 
missions. I tell you this, my friends, there are two things that God wants Cornerstone to excel in. One is healing. And I believe the day is coming where everybody who is in need of a healing is going to get healed. Hallelujah. Amen. We are going to see the power of God released like we've never seen before. We are going to see a powerful healing ministry in this church, but we've got to contend for it. We've got to pursue for it because this is the desire of God for this congregation. Healing ministry. Amen. You know, I I have communion every day because I think there's something even greater than healing. Disease prevention is better than disease maintenance. The second thing that he said was missions. And we're not talking just missions. We're talking apostolic missions. Man, we've got to see that released in the church again today. And I want to speak to some of you here today because some of you are right now in the, in the middle of your jobs and you're successful, but you know God is calling you. And you need to be like that, 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 the, the disciples in the days of Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm challenging you. I make no apologies about this. I make no apologies for the fact that Jesus, when he called people, he said, you're either in or out. Either you follow me, man, that rich young ruler, when Jesus said, sell all you have, come and follow me, he did not know what he was being offered. He did not know what he was being offered. And I tell you this 31 years ago, I said yes to Jesus. It's been the grandest life. Don't have, not a single day in my life have I regretted the fact that he called me into full-time ministry. I am so happy that he chose this life for me. Hallelujah. Amen. So there are two things that I believe are going to be a major part of our Cornerstone Destiny Healing and Apostolic uh, Missions. But this is not about me. This is about you. This is about us. And I'm not naive about that. I don't carry the fullness of John G. Lake's mantle. If I did, Singapore would be in revival. But it's something about John G. Lake's mantle that touched me as I read those books. And now when I read, you know when I read a book, um, I read it very slowly. I, t- I go page by page. Because when something speaks to me, I put the book down and I pace up and down in my room. I say, God, whatever you've done for this man, I want, Lord. I want his anointing. I want the anointing. I want the giftings of God in his life. And then after I'm happy, I turn to the next page and something, bam, hits me. And I start. So I read very slowly. In, In the morning, my devotions, I don't read more than two chapters of the Bible a day. Because, you know, I have my concordance open. I have my dictionary open. We call it a handphone. Hallelujah. And I take time to glean because I want to squeeze as much out of the scriptures as I possibly can. And I'm not a good fast reader. But I caught something from that man. I caught something. But whether or not I grow into the fullness of that man's mantle, now that's up to me. I was the same with Mr. Reese Howells. 30 years ago, I was in Australia, Kurong, the bookstore, passing by a Book of, a shelf of books, the book called out to me. I stopped, I took one step backwards. It was The Intercessor by Mr. Reese Howells by Norman Grubb. And I, that book, I didn't know in my, that the book would change my life. I had no idea that that book was going to alter the course of my destiny. And I tell you, there's something powerful about a book that has been anointed by the Holy Spirit. Come on. 
And that book changed my life. And of course, in 2012, I had this amazing experience at the Kingdom Invasion Conference. The mantle came down upon me. And the Lord says, I want you to redeem the Bible college for me. Hallelujah. And God led us to that amazing experience. It was the same with Brother Bailey. You know, when Brother Bailey died, there was a vision of him and his mantle going into the cloud and being divided into smaller pieces and then being distributed to his sons and daughters. And I know I caught a mantle from Brother Bailey. A piece of that mantle touched me because I've had that prophecy given to me so many times. Over and over again, many people have seen me and says, Pastor Young, I see the mantle of your spiritual father over you. Hallelujah. And I'm not ashamed. I'm telling you this. We got to press in for more. Amen. Amen. Reinhard Bonke died on the 7th of December, 2019, just one day before my 60th birthday. Never forgot that. Made a massive impact in my life. I met him in 1998 at a lunch. It was unforgettable. He looked at me in his strong German accent, young man, I want to pray for you. And then he laid hands on me and prayed. He said, many are called, few are chosen, some are frozen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And then he said, the Lord says, I choose you. Hallelujah. Woo! That was, and then in 2004, I was watching him preach and a mantle came down again. I had a powerful experience. And you know, these are very important points in my life. These are the times where there was these amazing divine encounters that defines who you are defines you. And of course, in the last six months of his life, he was quite affectionate towards me. We spoke on the phone. We text one another quite a bit. And he was supposed to come to the Bible College of Wales and speak at our Bless Wales conference. And then, of course, he passed away pretty suddenly. And when he died, listen to this, Chris Berkland wrote to me. When he died, he said, Pastor Young, did you ask for Brother Bonke's mantle? Because if you have not, he says, I think you should because there's, uh, some, there's, a, there's a connection Oh, he didn't know anything, right? I said, oh, Chris, of course I did. What do you think? I, in, every time a great man dies, the first thing I do is go to my room, God, whatever he has got, I want. Amen. <laughs> I'm covered just like that, sorry. <laughs> so I asked him, I said, I, I, of course I did. Why did you ask? He said, because I just had a dream last night. He said, I saw Bonke's mantle come on you. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you this, my friends, there's something very important with connection. Something... The people that you meet in your life, they're not serendipity. They're there because God lets you meet certain people in your life. There's something is of an impartation. He wants cross-pollination. So watch for the people that you meet every day and listen to what they have to say because sometimes we listen to rebut instead of listen to learn. And God connected me with that man who uh, I think was one of the greatest evangelists that the church has ever seen before because there was something I had to receive from him. And I want to say that the passing of a general is a big thing in the kingdom of heaven. It always marks a new season. When Moses died, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now arise. Hallelujah. New season. When Joshua died, the book of Judges started in exactly the same way. Now my servant Joshua is dead. Now do this and do that. Whenever a general dies, watch for it. There's always some kind of transference of mantle. And if you are alert, you perceive it, and you will also receive it. Hallelujah. And I want to say that these men poured oil into my horn, 
And where I am today is because they've gone before me and they have mentored my life and I'm under no illusions of my own limitations. Like I said, I'm a sluggish piece of aging humanity, but the Lord has been gracious to me and the Lord wants to connect you and I to the cloud. Hallelujah. Amen. I say all these things because I believe with all my heart there is going to be this morning. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. This morning, an impartation of mantles. Get ready for what God is about to do. Hallelujah. Now, allow me to say a few things about John G. Lake, and I'll take this plane to a landing. I want to recount how God launched Mr. Lake into the healing ministry. He had 15 siblings. Eight of them died to illnesses. He saw his sister healed of breast cancer through the ministry of another great man called Alexander, John Alexander Dowie. When Lake was younger, God healed him also through the ministry of John Alexander Dowie uh, of rheumatoid arthritis. Now another sister is on the death's, deathbed and she was too weak to go to Chicago where Mr. Dowie's ministry was based. So he sent him a telegraph and said, Mr. Dowie, my sister is dying. Pray for her, please. Uh, Mr. Dowie replied, he said, I have prayed she will not die. And within the hour, she was completely healed. Come on, I tell you, these guys carried the glory cloud, man. These guys, they knew something about healing and something about uh, victory over sickness and disease. And this is something we must recover here in Cornerstone. Amen. 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 The kingdom of God is not in talk. It's in the demonstration of power. Demonstration of power. I tell you, I had a profound, interesting experience. I was here yesterday night and I was walking as we were doing the praying for the people in the, the last part of, and I walked into a brick wall right here. I could feel, bam, I, oh, you know, and I, I, knew, I knew I walked into somebody. I didn't know who it was. But I knew, that I believe with all my heart that God sends his angels before us, amen. And I believe today there's gonna be an, this, this encounter, hallelujah, amen. Woo, hallelujah. You know, at that moment, I just want to say this, that John G. Lake was uh, confronted with the revelation. Watch this, please. Am I going to stand by and do nothing and see the devil take one by one my, child, my, my siblings? Or am I going to choose to stand in the way of the enemy? I mean, enough is enough. How many people in your family has got to die before you say, Lord, I will do something about it? Then Lake's uh, wife fell into a terrible illness. She was dying. Man, in those last few hours, Lake got so desperate. He said, man, I jumped into this lake of faith, hallelujah. I contended for my wife. I cried out in prayer. I laid a hold of God. And guess what? She was miraculously healed, got up and started praising God. And it was that one event that propelled him to a worldwide healing ministry, the greatest healing ministry of the 20th century. And it all began when he was confronted with the choice, do I sit idly by and let the devil take my family members one by one, or will I stand in his way? I tell you this, Jesus said, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. The devil's priority is to kill you. Jesus' priority is to give you abundant life. Your priority is to choose and know the difference. Know the difference. And then he said this, and I, I think I've got the quote coming up. No words of mine can convey to another the cry that was in my heart and the flame of hatred 
for death and sickness. Come on, cornerstone. I'm pleading with you this morning. May God give to us a hatred for sickness. May God give us a hatred for cancer. May God give us a hatred for sin, for disease, amen. Something has to happen. God, I want this. Lord, tell him, Lord, I want this. I want the hatred that you have for sicknesses and disease. Put that in my heart. Put a desperation in my heart. And then he said, the very wrath of God seemed to possess my spirit. Woo! Wow, hallelujah. Now, if you're content to live with your sickness and disease, be my guest. But if you will say to the Lord, Lord, I am tired of this. Any, I'm tired of seeing my family members die. I'm tired of seeing loved ones, the people that I know, die prematurely from all these sicknesses. If you will get desperate, if you will get thirsty and hungry, you will begin to experience what Lake describes as the flow of the Holy Spirit. Many times you're praying for people and you can feel this impartation, hallelujah. Sometimes your hand is on fire. Sometimes you feel the fire jumping from one hand to another hand like Kenneth Hagin. But I tell you this, it's something that God will give a sign to you that the gifts of God are starting to operate. The gifts of God, the spirit of wisdom, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, hallelujah. The, the, heal, the gifts of healing, amen. The discerning of spirits, the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, hallelujah. All these things ought to be operating in our lives and the gift of prophecy by the way all these things ought to be operating in our lives on a daily basis come on we're so below power right now we're so below power we're so below what God has his purposes for the church and I'm here to stir you up this morning I'm here to make you hungry for God Jesus said if you thirst then you come to me and I will satisfy you amen but if you're not thirsty can't do anything about it one last story and I know this will, will thrill you. Acts chapter 8, we find the Philip evangelist <clears throat> uh, being instructed by Holy Spirit to leave a full-blown full revival in the city of Samaria to go to a deserted street from Jerusalem to Gaza, a desert road. Now, most of us would say, God, can't you see? People are being healed. People are being, this is the greatest revival, a whole city is under the fire of God, under conviction. Lord, I can't leave the revival, but not Philip. He was an obedient man. I tell you this, the day must come. Amen. When we are obedient to the Lord, hallelujah. So, he, you know the story. He leaves the great revival, and he's on this very deserted street, and he sees a procession and a high official from Ethiopia from Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He gets up the chariot. He talks to this man who wants to know more about the gospel. He gets saved. And then he says, can I get water baptized? So Philip baptizes him. And the man comes out of the water. He's rejoicing. And guess what? Philip's gone, man. He's disappeared. He's translated, literally. And the next moment, Philip is found four, 43 miles away, preaching in another city called Azotus. Now, this, of course, happened to another prophet in the Bible. His name was Elijah. Not only was he translated into heaven, that was how he trans was transported from one place to another. When he appeared to another man called Obadiah and said, tell King Ahab, I am here. Obadiah says, what have you done to me, my friend? He says, when I leave, you will be translated and caught up somewhere and we don't know where you would be. Because I tell you, this is how those men walked in those days. They walked in the supernatural. And I tell you this, my friends, the day is going to come. Closed borders is not going to be a hindrance for the church. Hallelujah. All these countries with restrictive access, you can't come to, see, can't come to our country to preach the gospel. God's just going to bypass those borders. 
Yesterday, somebody wrote to me and said, Pastor, can you pray for me that I will have this ability to, to go to, a, to fly in other countries? I said, well, let me, let me just try first. Right? Let me be the first to do it, and then I'll pray for people. So John Gillick tells this amazing story. During one of the services that he was conducting, a man came up to him, and he was very earnest. He said, Mr. Lake, I've witnessed many miracles in your ministry, the blind seeing, the lame walking, the insane being healed. But he said, I never ever presented a request of my own cousin who's in an asylum in Wales, bound to a bed, chained to a bed. Something of the man's heart and earnestness touched John G. Lake. And he invited the whole congregation to pray. And he got down on his knees at the altar and he started praying for this, this cousin of this man. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, I wasn't in the room anymore. He said, I was hovering over the city of Kimberley. Now, Kimberley, of course, is where all the gold mines are. My wife and I, we were at the diamond mines. I'm sorry. Uh, she's more, <laughs> she knows this for that. You know, the diamond mines are so amazing. We, we went a thousand, about a thousand meters up, or more than a kilometer down. Man, any, dig, any further you dig, you get a hell. <laughs> So he was uh, hovering over the city of Kimberley, and the next moment, he's hovering over Cape Town, a thousand miles away. Then he says, I, was, I crossed the borders, and I saw Cape Verde in Spain, the lighthouse, and then next thing he says, I see the shores of France, and the next thing I saw, I was overlooking the flowing hills of Wales. I see a village, I go into the village, I see a house, an asylum, I walk into the asylum, and there was a woman in the room that was chained to the bed. He said, I walked, and he could clearly describe the details. He walked up to the lady, laid his hands on her head, rebuke that insane spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, cast it out. Immediately her face was, was uh, calm, and she smiled, and the next thing he knew was he was on his knees praying in the service in Kimberley. What happened? His spirit was caught up, transported to another place, did what he was called to do, and then he's back. In that, in that, in the service, I'm telling you again: closed borders will not be a problem for God in the last days. And I tell you this with all my heart, with without any fear of contradiction, that this is going to be a common occurrence in revival. Amen. In revival, Amen. that man who requested prayer received a letter a few days later informing him that his cousin was completely healed and left the asylum. And John Gillick could describe everything in clear details, including the Welsh knocker at the door. I say this that, uh, to say that over the years, God has touched me with several mantles. What I do with them, that's my responsibility. How much I grow into them, that's my responsibility. So I'm making it my, my priority every day now, and I said, Lord, I'm going to do this every day, to say, God, I want that, that mantle to increase in me. I want Reinhardt's mantle to increase. I want John G. Lake's mantle to increase in me. The touch that I had from Evan Roberts, I want it to increase in me. I want to be a firebrand, don't you? Man, don't you? Come on, man. I'll, 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 this life is a probationary life. This life, 70 years, 80 years, is the determining factor of where you will be placed in heaven. And so you better make sure that you live a life that glorifies Jesus. Amen? Make sure you delight in Him every day. You know, when you delight in the Lord every day, every day He will delight in you. Amen. And you wake up every morning and you're so excited because you don't know what delights wait for you. Hallelujah. Amen? 
Some of you have heard the story before, and I'm just going to go very quickly. Reinhard Bonke was a graduate of the Bible College of Wales. One day after he graduated, he had one day free in London, so he decided to take the double-decker bus to look at the sights of London. Uh, he told me the story three times himself, personally, because I asked. And uh, he said while he was on the sights of, looking at the sights of London, the Holy Spirit said, get down the bus. He didn't know where he was. He got down the bus. He was walking on one of the streets of London in a neighborhood that he had, was totally unfamiliar to him. And as he was walking, he saw a door, a gate, and on the gate was the name written, George Jeffries. He said to himself, is this the house of George Jeffries, the man who shook England and, and, and Wales in, in the 1930s? Is this the George Jeffries? Holy Spirit said to him, you will not know until you find out. So he knocks on the door. It's a lady that opened the door. She said, ma'am, is this the house of Mr. George Jeffries? She said, yes. Is he the man that shook England in the 1920s and 30s? Yes, he is. Is he at home? Uh, is he alive? Yes. Is he living here? Yes. Can I see him? She said, no. But then she heard, he said, I heard a deep voice on the inside. Let him come in. So he said, I got through that roadblock and I saw this man. He was dressed in a suit like he was waiting for somebody. And uh, John G. Lake, uh, sorry, he introduced himself to Mr. George Jeffries. George Jeffries laid hands on him. And for half an hour, George Jeffries prayed for this young man, a student out of the Bible college, wet behind his ears, and said, Lord, bless this man. Bless this man. Reinhardt said to me, I didn't walk out of the room. He said, I floated out. I, I, was, I was covered with the anointing. He said, I staggered by the, because the glory was over me. The next day, of course, he had to go back to Germany. And when he got to Germany, he, the father, who was a pastor of a small church, met him at the train station. They talked a bit. And then the father said, hey, Reinhardt, did you hear the news? What news, Dad? He said, George Jeffries just passed away. He said, no, 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 it's not possible. I was with the man. I was just with the man. <laughs> Suddenly, he understood something. He caught a mantle of a preceding generation. He caught something because one generation was passing away and they were passing the mantle to the next generation. Because he was obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he was found worthy to obtain the prize. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I, every time I hear the story, I get so excited because I'm telling you there are mantles this morning that God wants to release. How many of you have read a book in your life and you've cried over the pages of the book and you say, God, this man speaks my language. He's talking to me, man. He's talking to me. And there's something about the, the man's writing his life that speaks to you and you, uh, you feel this sense of divine purpose in your life. I want to, you to remember those things. Go back for a few years, 10 years, 20 years, I don't know how long, but I'm telling you this morning, say, God, what I had an experience when I read this book. I know that, that there's something about that impartation. And I want this, Lord. I want this more, Lord Jesus. Will you touch me with your mantles? Will you stand, please? In Jesus' name, today we're going to take some time to pray. And I'll tell you this, I, I know and that I know that I know that God is going to come in this place right now. His presence is in this place. I believe with all my heart, Holy Spirit will start doing a work in your life right now. If you are hungry, if you are thirsty, if you want more of God, if you want His mantle to touch you more, if you want a, a greater manifestation of the power of God, my friends, Holy Spirit is coming. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is coming. We are in the days of the great outpouring. We're at the cusp of a mighty move of God. And the Lord has found it fit to call Cornerstone to be the vanguard, to be the arrowhead, to be the spear, the tip of the spear in this move of God. We have a responsibility. 
I want you to show a picture of the last six kingdom invasion conference that we had, please. Very quickly, on the screen right now, on the screen. We had the privilege of hosting six kingdom invasion conferences. About 10,000 people, eight to 10,000 people at night. And in those conferences, we introduced the supernatural. We introduced the, the power of God healing to the church in Singapore, but not just in Singapore, but also in Asia. Because many churches, not all, many churches were either ignorant, distant, or cold towards the idea that God can still do miracles today. And God allowed us for six years to carry this mantle. And I'm telling you this, we still carry that mantle. Hallelujah. We still care. God is holding Cornerstone responsible for the fact that we would usher in a great move of the Holy Spirit. It has to do with my calling. It has to do with your inheritance. It has to do with us. Hallelujah. And together, we can do something that will shake the nations. Hallelujah. Amen. And too long, too long we have been looking at the American church. Too long that we've been looking at all these guys in America. I'm telling you, I'm sick. I, I want God to do something in Asia. Hallelujah. Amen. Singapore, your time has come. Cornerstone, our time has come. This is the moment of the manifestation. Hallelujah. I want you right now just to lift up your hands everywhere you are. Because there is a season of impartation. If you miss the season, you can miss what God has for you. Oh, my friends, get, get desperate, man. Get desperate. I don't know what I can do. I wish I could come to every one of you, lay my hands on you, and then shake you. Get desperate for God. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how strong I can say it. But I'm saying this to you, my friends. My job is to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Hallelujah. I want you to get serious with God. I want you to get serious with God, man. I don't want you to just... You know, whatever will be, will be. Just living the, the daily grind of life. You're going to die in your sin. You're going to die in the, that place of unfruitfulness. You're going to die and you're going to stand before God and you don't know what to say because you lived your life for yourself and not for Jesus. I tell you, the gospel has everything to say to the man who's wholehearted, who's on fire, who wants everything from God. But it's got nothing to say to the man who's happy and contented with this life. If you want to be contented with this life, be my guest. If you want to live the life that you want to live, be my guest. But there are people in this room today that say, God, I want more of you. I don't want to stay at the peripherals of what you're doing. I want the fullness of the Spirit. Oh, I want to have the full stature of Jesus Christ. One more time, lift up your hands. We're going to pray right now, very quickly. Because of time. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Hallelujah. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Stir yourself to seek after God. Stir yourself to lay a hold of God, my friends. Oh, lay a hold of Him today. Lay a hold of Him today. Lay a hold of God. Hallelujah. Shaka. Don't let Him go until He blesses you. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. Shakaraba. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in this season, in this prophetic hour that we are living in, there are mantles that are being released right now. Hallelujah. Mantles of great men and women who have gone before us, hallelujah. And some of them we have a connection with, Lord, because of the prophetic experiences and because of the divine will of God, hallelujah. And I stand before you this morning, before my congregation, and I ask God that you would put hunger 
and that you would put thirst and that you would put desperation in the hearts of God. You will not let them sleep. You will shake them, Lord. You will shake their will, their wills. You will shake their lives, Lord, until they say, Lord, I surrender to you, Shakarabahada. Come on, my friends, surrender. Yield to the will of God. Yield to the will of God. There are some of you here today, you don't have to prove anything to anybody any longer. You are successful in business. You have enough money to last you two lifetimes. You have enough. Now do something for the kingdom. Do something for the kingdom for goodness sake, man. How much money do you need in the bank? How much money do you need? How many houses do you need? Before enough is enough. And then you realize that you want to serve the Lord and you're 75 years old and you've got no more strength to serve Him. My friends, this is the hour. And you can serve God at any age, by the way. All I'm saying is, you want to give God the best years of your life. The strength of your life. Hallelujah. And right now, I'm, I, there are some people I'm pro prophesying. There are some people here. God is saying, I want you to, to lay down everything. Quit. And I want you to come and follow me. And I will show you the way that you should go. And I will provide for you. I'll take care of you. And I will send you forth to the nations. There are people that are receiving their calls right now. For the nations, hallelujah. Oh my God, I pray. Cornerstone will be a sending nation, sending church, Lord. We will be an apostolic, apostolic church, Lord. And I pray for the gifts of healings to be released over this house. I thank you for a powerful healing ministry that we already have, Lord. But I pray it will multiply greatly and dramatically in this house, Lord. Oh my God, bless Cornerstone with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place, Lord. And may Cornerstone be the house that you want us to be, the, br the bride that you've called us to be. Everything that you desire that the tabernacle of David was, let us be, Lord. And I bless you, my brothers, and I, because of time, I wish I could lay hands on every one of you. But uh, I just want to ask you in Jesus' name right now, receive, receive, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. The blessing of God the Father, the blessing of God the Son, and the blessing of God the Holy Spirit. Be with you and abide with you now and forevermore. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give God a big praise. Hallelujah. Amen. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.